This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, my name's Rosie. And I'm Lorraine. And this is What If, the show that examines life's what if moments. I guess it's all about those times when you find yourself at a crossroads and you have to decide what path you're going to take. Yeah, and for every path you choose, there's one or two that you might have decided to leave behind. And how does this change and affect your life? Yeah, because we've all had those moments, haven't we? Well, in this podcast, we'll be walking that unbeaten path with an incredible lineup of celebrity guests asking them that all-important question, what if... Today we're joined by Kat Daly, who we both remember from the early days of SMTV, with Anton Deck, of course, but she's also presented lots of shows like Stars in Their Eyes, and she also did So You Think You Can Dance in the US. Kat, it is great to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're very happy, aren't we? Very happy. Oh, it's been so long, Rosie. I know. Well, I can't... Been, you were so little before. My mum's <laughs> telling me the story of when... When I met you, I can't remember it at all. <gasps> you can't. Was it SM, SMTV? It was. It was on SMTV. And I remember your mum came on and she was always brilliant and always up for such a laugh and really taking the mickey out of herself. Always. She was brilliant. And you came and you'd made, and I really distinctly remember it, you'd made... I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it was like a box <laughs> with two balloons attached to it. Yes. And, I don't know if you remember, Lorraine, but I, I do. do. And you kind of gave it to me. But I don't know what it was. I can't remember what it was supposed to be. But I know that you made me a present. Aww. And so that was my present that I took <laughs> back into my dressing room. <laughs> that was such I a wonder what it was. I wonder what it I've was. I've also got no idea. I, I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great show, wasn't it? I loved I mean, it. What I loved about that show was you loved it as a mm-hmm. kid, but I loved it as a slightly sort of hungover mum on yes. <laughs> a Saturday yeah. morning. And people, students, everybody loved that show. I know. It was one of those where it was an absolute pleasure to do. Remember, though, not everybody loved it to begin with. Like, nobody was watching us. We were absolutely rubbish. We were so awful. We didn't know what the show was. We didn't know what it was supposed to be. We didn't know who the audience were that we were supposed to be talking to. We were a bit too cool for school, or trying to be. And what we did was we kind of then found our audience on all those different levels. You're absolutely right, Lorraine. It's like mums and dads kids, students, and and we just kind of, the writers were brilliant who worked on it. So they'd write in a way almost a bit like a Disney movie where it hits on all those different levels and anybody can watch it. And and then it kind of got a bit of steam power behind it and we got better and the show got better. We understood who the audience were. And then all of a sudden we were just having the best time. You could tell. You mm-hmm. could absolutely tell. I mean, it was like it was like there you were with your naughty little brothers. You know those two, mm. <laughs> just pulling around. You know, you know what? It is so funny actually because after I'd done, you know, they punked me the other day on, yes. on Saturday night takeaway. So 
my kids did not like it at all. Milo and James hated it. They didn't, because they didn't quite understand what was going on. And the next day, after the Saturday night where I'd been on Saturday night takeaway, I went into Milo in the morning. They always call me in the morning. And I went through and um, Milo woke up and he opened his eyes and he said, Mum, why were your brothers trying to set fire to you? Oh. (laughs) And I said, said, hold on, hold on. Firstly, Milo, they are not my brothers and I'm (laughs) absolutely fine. He said, but Mum, did you save the koala? Did you save the koala? The koala didn't burn, did you? Did you? Oh, and I said, no. and so I so I literally I text them and said, You do know you're going to be paying for my kids' therapy when you do therapy <laughs> years and years later. You guys are paying for it. Oh, but it's a lovely it's a lovely relationship you've got. But we were talking about the whole kind of like what if in your life. And mm-hmm. I always think back to you as a 14-year-old. And what mm-hmm. if that 14-year-old hadn't applied? To the clothes show, to be a to be a model, was that the first thing? I mean, what I just wonder. We were really interested, weren't we? Mm. What what actually made you do that? I I actually didn't. So what happened was I was obsessed with clothes ever right. since I was a little 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 girl, um, and my mum had always encouraged me to have my own. You know, whatever I wanted to wear was absolutely fine by her, as long as I had an opinion about it. She didn't mind whatever I wanted to wear. And um, so I'd always, always loved clothes. And I don't know if you remember, but the the clothes show was it was a massive hit. Huge. I used to watch yeah. it every, every single week with Jeff Banks and Carolyn. And mm. it was so great. Anyway, the clothes show live was coming to the Birmingham NEC. And so my mates and I all wanted to go because we wanted to, you know, it's it's like, oh my goodness, we've seen this program on TV. This, this is me with like my spots and my one eyebrow and my bad growing out perm. And uh, we'd seen the programme on TV and we were all like, oh, shall we save up and shall we go? Shall we go and go to the close Because that's what we wanted to do. And when we went, what happened was there was a couple of model scouts from, I think there was Elite, Storm and Models One. And they handed me a card and said, oh, do you want to enter this competition? My friend said to me, oh, go on, enter, enter the competition and I won it on the day. And then there was different days. I think, I don't know if there was like four days or something like that. And then you got put through to a final, essentially. And I didn't win the whole thing, but I won my day. And it tends to be if one model agency likes the look of you, they all will. Do you know what I mean? Because they're mm. all looking at a similar thing. And so the amazing thing for me is not that I really entered, because I kind of, accidentally entered in a weird way egged on by my mates but the fact that my mum actually let me go down to London is I say to her now I'm like Jan what on earth were you thinking I would (laughs) never let my kids go and she's like no no you were sensible enough and you were smart enough and it's you know it's good for you to spread your wings a little bit and you've got to be able to take responsibility for your own actions. And so that was the bit for me where I was like, oh my goodness, the fact that my mom actually let me do that is amazing. Well, she must have trusted you. Mm. You must have been a grown-up girl. So I don't think I would have let you go to London at 14. I think I did, though. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you? Know you know what's the funniest thing, though? Uh-oh. No, so when I say, when I say 
she let me go. I mean, she did come with me as well. Don't get me wrong. So she'd like, she'd walk around the castings with me. And actually, Lorraine, what's so funny is one of the models on your show, Susanna, gorgeous Susanna, was at Storm the same time that I was. So she remembers Jan walking around and like coming to all the castings with us and making sure we got our sandwiches and had our lunch and doing all the rest of it. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's it's weird, but she would. It was definitely mom was very cool about it. But again, I, listen, I I didn't do very well. I didn't earn very much money, and so what I decided I was going to do was I was actually going to model from Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday I was going to go and work in a pub because I couldn't really afford the rent, and I knew if I couldn't afford the rent, my dad would say to me right come on you're coming back home that's what we're going to do we're going and then and then you go to university and you've got to decide what you're going to do and so what I did was I ate a lot of jacket potatoes and tuna pasta bakes and Mm. then I um, worked in a pub on a Saturday and Sunday too and I just didn't I just didn't tell I just didn't tell him so that was how I that was my rent yes he does and actually secretly I think he's quite proud because he, oh, he's, he's got a bit of that, you know, you don't give up. And, mm. you know, when things get tough, you know, you've got to get a little bit tough too. And so I think he's secretly quite proud. So how did it go from modelling Jack and Potato, SMTV, <laughs> LA? I'd like to know the whole journey. <laughs> that, that is a massive journey. So essentially, <laughs> essentially, I was modelling, it was rubbish. And I was literally like, I'm not earning, really earning enough money. What am I going to do? And then I sent a tape into MTV. And mm-hmm. there was a friend of mine who was working at MTV. And they said, listen, if you ever want to do something like that, send it in now because MTV is breaking away from the rest of Europe. And so we they're going to kind of create MTV UK. And then essentially what they were looking for, they were looking for presenters that had different accents, looked entirely different, came from different places in the country. But obviously, then when people were watching, they could identify with the people that were on screen rather than it being somebody, you know, in Germany speaking yeah. English as their second language and all yeah. the rest of it. And I borrowed my mom and dad's camcorder and I made the most awful, awful audition tape you've ever seen. Like they took the mickey out of me for years and years later <laughs> on MTV. Um, and I made a tape and I sent it in. And then I got called back and I had to go back for loads of auditions. I remember having to... They, and they kept saying to me, you've 70% got it. You've just got to do this now. Or you've 95% or like you've 99.9% got it. We're just <laughs> going to throw you live on air to do MTV Select. And I was like, okay. They offered me the job and I did a chart show there for years and then got the job on SMTV. I went to go and meet the boys. It was actually a guy called Rick Blacksall who used to do Top of the Pops at the time. He came up with the idea of SMTV and CDUK with the boys. And uh, I went to go and see him. And I don't, I think there was a bit of naivety, maybe. I don't know, bravado of youth. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, ah, you know, I'm doing MTV. I love it. I don't necessarily want to do a Saturday morning show for kids. Like there was a bit, I mean, what an idiot. I, what an idiot. It's only looking back at, with hindsight. 
I think it was like the arrogance of youth. I don't know what it was. I was an idiot anyway, <laughs> plain and simple. And I turned up in like ripped jeans and cowboy boots. And he was like, yeah, you're exactly what we want. We need somebody who's going to be able to hold their own with these two right. lads. Mm. Um, and so then I had to go and meet them. And a friend of mine, again, it's it's all these weird, exactly like your sliding doors moments that yeah. that you girls talk about. It was like a friend of mine knew the guy who produced the music that Ant and Deck did, used to do, this guy called Agent. And he said, oh, they, there's this really funny story where they went to a Chinese restaurant and Declan had had a couple of drinks and was a bit embarrassing and had fallen off his chair next to this <laughs> table where there was this guy and this girl on, on like a date. He said, you should pretend to be the girl and just say. He said, and I was like, no, oh. I can't do that. I was like, there's no <laughs> way. Brilliant. I said, I just, I won't be able to pull it off. I said, and he'll remember. He's like, no, he won't. He won't have a clue. <laughs> you should go for it. I was like, well, thank you very much, but I'm not going to, that's not me. I won't do it. Anyway, we met and we just had such a nice time and it was so fun. And we were really, really laughing. And then we were about to finish up the meeting. And I said, um, actually, Deck, we have met before. And he went, really? And I went, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, I don't know. It was about two weeks ago. It was in um, Chiswick in that Chinese restaurant, the water, you know. I said, you were there. And actually, I was on a date with my boyfriend. And you were actually very rude. And, and and almost, I mean, you ruined the entire date for us, actually. I mean, and he just went bright red. It slowly came oh, from, like, no. from his neck and upwards. <laughs> and I let it go for about six, I mean, only six seconds. And I went, nah, not really. I didn't really. And Ant laughed so much, like he was crying with laughter. And then from what they've told me, they jumped in the car and said, right, yeah, we don't want to see anybody else. She's got it. Oh, fantastic. Oh. You just so, yeah. hit it off. It's, it's funny that that's never really happened again. There's nothing no, like it just now. There isn't anything like itself. It got very niche, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I sort of wonder why yeah. that is. I don't know. I don't know because it really worked. Yeah. Really worked at the time. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. From SMTV to mm-hmm. moving to LA, how did that happen? Did you have the show already planned for So You Think You Can Dance? Was it all in the works when you flew out there or so what not, happened? Not entirely. So I was doing Saturday mornings and at that point in time, it was it was very different. You either did daytime and evenings were very different. And so I'd started to do Saturday evenings. I did... Uh, Stars in the Rise and the Brits and the Royal Variety Performance and mm. Record of the Years and all those kind of things. And I loved my job. I didn't have a family at the time. I didn't have any little ones. And so I got to a point where I was like, I want to work more and I want to do more stuff. 
but it almost, I was like, everybody's going to get sick of me. They're going to be bored of me senseless. And I wanted to do, I wanted to do new things and, and challenge myself. And one of the things that I'd always wanted to do was go and live in a different country for a bit too. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that I got to a point and I split up with my boyfriend at the time and I'd gone to America and I'd had a couple of meetings and things like that. There was a show called So You Think You Can Dance that was already on air. They'd done the first season of it. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to make it live in the second season. Um, and uh, Nigel, Nasty Nigel from... Yeah. Oh, gosh, uh, I remember Nasty Nigel. Yeah, was <laughs> doing the show, was producing So You Think You Can Dance. And him and Simon Fuller of Spice Girls fame yeah. had come up with the idea. And so they come up with the idea together. So I had to go and meet the head of Fox, a guy called Mike Darnell, and I had to go over and I had to go in. And I also wanted to go and see the show myself too and see how it worked and if it was, if I'd be the right fit, essentially. Because if, if you're not the right fit, it's never going to mm. work anyway, no matter how much you'd like to do it. Um, so I went and saw it and I loved every <laughs> little bit of it. I just, I, I couldn't believe how... The kids were, the dancers were so talented and I loved, it was such an entertainment show and the American audience were all super excited and geared up. It, it, like we used to have to tell them to sit down, not to stand up. We didn't used to have to get them to cheer, we'd have to get them to sit down. And so then I met Mike Donnell and that was it really. He said, yeah, okay, if Nigel and Jeff think you're the right person for the job, let's do it. And they just left me alone and kind of in a similar way actually I kind of grew on the audience I think a little mm. bit they, they thought I was a bit bonkers and a bit of an <laughs> English eccentric and I used to dress myself so I didn't have a stylist or anything and because the dancers would be like they'd come out as angels and devils or yeah. mm. matadors or aliens or whatever it was you could really push the boat out a little bit so I'd ha come out in these these kind of crazy outfits, but but brilliant. They were all like just different facets of my personality, essentially. <laughs> it was so fun. And I know that they just thought, oh my Lord, what, what who is this bonkers girl? <laughs> and I just grew on them. Oh, I loved it. I loved oh, that bitch. show. What differences did you find working in the UK and the US in like live shows? The country is so big. I mean, for us, so we mm. were doing auditions at the time. And, and as I said, it was before the dawn of social media and before people were putting up videos of themselves dancing or singing or anything like that on YouTube or whatever it was. <clears throat> so we would have to travel around the country to actually go and find people. It was, it was really, mm. it seems now really incredibly old fashioned because dancers would turn up and they'd be outside the theatre from five o'clock in the morning. It was very kids from fame and they'd be freezing and stuff. And then I'd go down the line and meet them and get in their sleeping bags and eat their breakfast mm. and all different. They'd show me some dance moves. You suddenly realise how big the country is mm. and how vast it is. And obviously that means then you would then have a very large talent pool, essentially, mm. you know, just because the population is so much bigger than here. But they're also incredibly positive. Americans are very, very positive. I mean, and some of the dancers, I've seen people dance on 
broken ankles and split feet and, and they just give it their all and go for it. And I, I feel as though the American dream is very alive and kicking, you know. I feel mm. like you can come from anywhere, but if you have a talent and a passion and you're prepared to work hard and, you know, take the knocks when they come, you can absolutely find your way. Mm. And I think because it was before social media, would you have known if they'd be any good or not when they would come on stage? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's so funny. Not at first. I couldn't okay. tell it at first. But by the time we got to season 16, which was the last one we did, oh, 100%. You yeah. can tell within the first four seconds. Or it's this also this weird thing that you have. And when I did the, we used to call it doing the line. Well, we actually called it monkey girl because I just jumped around and goofed <laughs> off. Basically, <laughs> essentially, is what I did before you knew who, who anybody was or their backgrounds. Um and there would always be people in the line and it wasn't it wasn't about being the most handsome or being the most beautiful or the tallest or the thinnest or the short it wasn't that some people just have this very special it's like fairy dust has been sprinkled on them and they've got mm. they've got charisma and there's just something special about them and they 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 kind of they their faces kind of float out from everybody else and it was always that moment where I'd be like oh I really hope they can dance <laughs> and also there you are in America having a, a great time mm-hmm. what if though your now husband had yes. not been the most romantic man in the world and had not <laughs> taken a flight from Ireland to America to take you out for lunch a come on I mean I that mean, is yeah. really lovely isn't yeah. it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and what was so lovely about it was nobody really does it anymore. Hmm. So not only was the gesture itself, you're right, incredibly romantic and all of it, but it also swept me off my feet in terms of it's difficult enough to get someone to text you back half the time, let alone <laughs> fly across the Atlantic, you know? what? So, so it was the combination of both. And also because I did not expect him to do it either because he was in a pub in Ireland when I spoke to him and told him where I was going for lunch. And so it was about two o'clock in the morning or three, they were having a lock-in in the local pub in mm. Ireland. And he'd always phone me on my birthday. And so he did. And, um, I said, oh, I'm having lunch at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And he said, oh, what time are you doing it? And I said, oh, about, wearing like two o'clock, something like that. And he said, um, oh, okay, well, I'll see you there. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah sure you will. Yeah, sure you will. And um, he went home and set his alarm for five, drove to Belfast Airport, went from Belfast to London, then hopped on the 9.30 BA flight, which gets in, I think about two o'clock or something like that, got in a cab with hand luggage, told the cabbie on the way to the Beverly Hills Hotel, this is what I'm doing. Got there, the cabbie said, Ooh, do you want me to wait? Just in case. <laughs> this doesn't go, this doesn't go like in the Richard Curtis way you're hoping it's going to go. And uh, he said, no, 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 I'm fine. And he dropped his bag with concierge and walked in and I fell off my seat. Wow. Oh, that and that was it. He so stayed for like 10 days or whatever. Didn't go home anyway. No, that's of course he did. When, when did you first meet him? Years ago. We met working on Fame Academy. 
Yeah. So there was a show called Fame Academy. And when I was doing SMTV, I, it, that would go out live on a... So I'd rehearse on Friday, then get jump on a bike, go to Pinewood, do the live show with Paddy, write my cards going back in the car from Pinewood for CDK because we didn't have an auto queue at that point. We, I, I mean, Nigel let us stay on air, but we certainly weren't having auto queues. There's no <laughs> way. We'd get an idiot board at best. And so I'd write my cards and then I'd get up at 4.30 on the Saturday to do that. Wow. So that was where I felt, and we worked together. And he was always very charming and very sweet, but it was always like either I got a boyfriend or he got a girlfriend mm. or there was always something going on, you know, just again, exactly, you know, like your, it's right place, right time too. Yeah, mm. completely the stars aligned. Of course they did. Yeah. And, yeah. That was, and that was you two, that's you two ever since, you know, Two kids yeah. later, and, and obviously, yeah. oh, and it's all, it's it's great. It's a brilliant story. I mean, it's very very. It's going to be very hard for your two little boys to live up to that when they are wooing, in many years' time, when they are wooing their girls. Don't make me think about it. Lorraine. I'm not entirely sure I'm ready for it. No, I know no, no. I, I need to start thinking about. I mean, the James is about to be three this month, oh. and Milo's five. And I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, oh. they're, ama- they're amazing. I mean, it's the best thing ever in the world. It really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. And it does change your life completely. And everybody always says that. But it is absolutely true. Absolutely mm-hmm. true. So now, is home the UK or the US? Or are you just going to be toddling backwards and forwards? Or what do you think? Well, it's one of those weird things where we thought we were all on track obviously pre-global pandemic indeed yes because everything everything suddenly changes so we don't know but essentially we're renting a house at the moment because we wanted Milo to get into school and get comfortable as quickly as possible so we just rented somewhere because we couldn't find anywhere to buy and so we need to buy a house and we need to sort ourselves out but listen as long as we're all happy and healthy and together and everybody's okay I'm good with that. Yeah, just to make it right. And whatever, I mean, for you as well, you've done so much, you've achieved so much, haven't you? And it's been extraordinary. I mean, when you look back at it when you were telling me all these amazing stories and telling us all these incredible things. Oh, that I want to hear about Michelle Obama. Oh, Michelle Obama. I yes, 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 yes. Oh, How did you nearly forget? Well, you nearly <laughs> forgot too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ooh, she's, um, she's so cool. She's yeah. so cool. Oh my goodness. So, so... Her daughters are real fans of So You Think You Can Dance. So much so that sometimes Um, when they've been doing press conferences or anything like that at the White House, it's been on in the background. So that they were both really big fans of the show. And then what Michelle did, I think very smartly, was she wanted to create almost a role for herself as First Lady. So she she started the Let's Move campaign and she wanted to get healthy eating into schools and all those, very important. Anyway, she wanted to do it via shows and personalities so then she could reach as many people as she could and make the campaign as brilliant as she did. So she did, uh, so some of the dancers from our show learned a routine with her. They went on to Ellen and they did the routine. And so then we were invited to go to the White House for the Easter egg roll, which is, it's like a tradition that Mm -hmm. they do 
Uh, don't don't get me wrong. There were also thousands of other people there too. Rosie. It wasn't just me and Mish chilling with like you know having a chat about Beyonce over a cup of tea. There was there was lots of people, but she came and I interviewed her briefly. She knew every single one of the dancers' names. She did the hot. She learned the routine with them. She did the entire routine. She was amazing. That now that is a first lady. Yeah, absolutely. And would have been an amazing president, actually, in her own right, I would have thought. (laughs) You never know. I think there was definitely a moment where I I just don't think she'd go back there again. But when she speaks, I mean, she's just so good. She's so good. That would be a really amazing story. You know what you said about some people are sprinkled with stardust, yes. just a little bit of fairy yes. dust. That's mm. kind of, yeah, it's that charisma, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. uh, all eyes are on that, that person. But what a brilliant thing to happen, for goodness sake. Was that not one of those moments where you're sitting there thinking, is this actually happening to me? I'm at the White House. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I was like asking her about you know, what music she likes to listen to. She said, oh, I love Beyonce. I'm like, oh, I love Beyonce too. You've got to high-five me. And she was like, high-fiving me. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, be still so my cool. beating heart. <laughs> I love it. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. So we end each episode by getting guests to tell us their biggest fail, regret and win that they have. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, okay uh okay fail it was quite an epic one when i say i'm clumsy i'm the worst per- like the worst person known to man and so i was doing stars in their eyes so i actually had to come through the doors the magical doors oh, you the remember magic, those yeah, yeah yes, the magical yes, doors they were almost um, triangular yeah, there were strange saying, doors. Right? Yeah. They were, yeah. absolutely. And the reason I know they were triangular, <laughs> Rosie, it may shock you to know, it's really not that magical. There's a man who like frequently like races his elbow to like open the doors and then there's another man with a with a, a smoke machine that goes tss, 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 <laughs> so you can't see anything. And so they said, whatever you do, don't go and tell us happy. So they did the whole thing and it went. And they said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Cadini. At which point I get the tap. Now, bear in mind, there's an audience at bank of 500 people out there as well, because it's they're ready to go. I propel myself up this ramp because it's like a ramp to get up on stage. Propel myself in heels. I managed to get my feet through the underside of the door, but the top of the door was still shut. So (laughs) I propel myself with complete (laughs) velocity and confidence up this ramp. Can't see a thing because of all the smoke and dry ice and the lights and everything else and go whack my head. Managed to get my feet through, but whack my nose on the top of the doors. I fall back. I literally, they catch me. They have to call for like health and safety. (gasps) They call the medic. The the medic's going, okay, follow my finger. Follow my finger. What's your name? What's your birthday? And all the rest of it. The whole audience just went, ooh, Ooh. very mind. And then they had to, because we were going live, in 20 minutes because that was the last rehearsal of the opening they just had to patch up my nose with some powder so the blood kind of coagulated a bit quicker and off I went with the biggest headache you've ever known what a trooper 
Wow. What that was a pretty, that's, a, that's a pretty epic fail, though, isn't yeah. it? But like that's going. A fail. I know. So in a way, that's a triumph. Yeah. <laughs> I think definitely. <laughs> Regret. Any regrets at all? The only one on a very light note was on CD UK. We once had Debbie Harry in the studio, and I love yeah. Debbie. Harry. I mean, she's the Fabulous. she's the cool. And uh, I was twenty one at the time, and my brother was turning eighteen, and so I was going to take. We'd never been to New York before, so I was going to take my brother to Max to New York for his 18th birthday and we were going there together and we were just going to go and have an amazing like helicopter rides and all that kind mm. of stuff and Debbie Harry gave me her phone number for her to take us to some biker bars <gasps> and I never called her because I was too oh. shy oh. and I was I was like I can't I can't I can't it's Debbie oh. Harry I can't do it so that would be my one regret because mm. that's just mm. silly yeah that was just who wouldn't phone Debbie Harry in New York to take you to bike know. bars? I don't think I could have either. I'm with you. you I probably would have been too shy. And then I think, too oh, shy. she wouldn't know. She wouldn't remember. And it's probably not the right number. And I'd make all these things up in my head. Oh, jeez. Oh, but that totally. could have been, what a weekend that would have been. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Who knows what may have happened? That is a real what if. <laughs> what about your win? Your win? Uh, my win and my boys. Yeah. Um, but they're my win. Can't believe how lucky I am to do something that I love so much and I enjoy so much work-wise, and then to have those guys too. I, 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 they're the ultimate win. You don't get any, didn't get any better than that. Oh, lovely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Doesn't, it doesn't. It just doesn't get any better than that. You know. No. Oh, no, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. Cat, what a joy. Thank you so, so Thank much. You. It's been Thank an absolute you. delight to talk to you. What a life you're having mm, and so much more to come. I hope to see you really soon. You've been really lovely to do this for us. Yeah, we, really, we really appreciate yeah, it. We appreciate your time and your generosity and just how lovely you've been. You're a smasher. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.